But let's focus on an issue that is near and dear to all of us, and that is, of course, getting around this province, especially to Vancouver Island and back. Uh, the last month or so, let's just think about this for a second. BC's ferries has been plagued by technical and mechanical difficulties when it comes to its vessels. Um, there have been last-minute cancellations. There have been staffing shortages. Uh, and we learned today that um, BC Ferries passengers uh, may have to wait up to six weeks longer than normal to get refunds, uh, which begs the question, what is going on over at BC Ferries? It's independently managed, uh, owned by the province, of course, but it's independently managed. So you would think it would have at least some uh, semblance uh, and uh, uh, feeling towards the private sector in regards to meeting the needs of customers. Um, I just don't know why this is happening. Joining me to talk a little bit about the issue is Kevin Falcon, leader of BC United. Kevin, thank you for joining us today. Well, thanks very much for having me. My apologies for my frustration off the top, but as I was uh, just listening to the, and thinking about all that's occurred over the last four to six weeks, it is very frustrating. First of all, in your mind, I mean, you've been in government. You tell me, uh, how would you describe the last four to six weeks or so when it comes to BC Ferries performance? Well, I would describe it fundamentally as, as one of mismanagement. I mean, these are all the challenges, all the excuses they throw out whether it's, you know, IT problems, underinvestment in IT, uh, you know, lack of uh, employees, scheduling problems, you know, breakdowns in the ferries. I mean, they've, they've thrown out every possible excuse for why the public isn't getting the service they, they deserve. And the bottom line, I think, goes right, right up to mismanagement. You, you said it best. You know, they're, they're supposed to be independently operating. We actually structured BC Ferries so that politicians couldn't interfere. And that was important because... Uh, the moment you get politicians trying to direct the, you know, the kind of service they should be delivering, that's when things start to go wrong. And what we saw under the NDP, unfortunately, is they fired the chair of the board. They put in uh, Joy McPhail, who has absolutely no experience uh, that I'm aware of in the business sector, or frankly, certainly not in the in the in the boating sector. She was one of the architects for the fast ferries, which was that <clears throat> for those uh, younger listeners that may not recall. Uh, when the NDP government in the 90s decided they were going to get into building uh, ferries, aluminum ferries in British Columbia, all three of them didn't operate properly, and they ended up being sold for scrap metal at a fraction of the $500 million that went into them. She's now the chair of the board. Uh, She fired the president, brought in a new president that will take political direction. And, uh, you know, frankly, I think we're seeing the results of that kind of interference because now you've got an executive that's always got to be looking over their shoulder, wondering what the political masters are going to want them to be doing uh, with all these different issues. And, so, and uh, that's that's unfortunate. So what would you change beyond your saying, look, you know, and perhaps to branding accountability, uh, the the leadership being fired? What is it? Is it a case of needing more vessels because one goes down and the entire system seems to, to, to be challenged? Is it really a case of COVID and new rules from the federal government in regards to how many people you need on a vessel? Uh, is it COVID itself? Like, what would you specifically, two or three things, give me a sense of what you would like to see change management-wise or operationally that you think would fix this? Sure. Those are all symptoms of the larger problem. The larger problem is getting rid of political interference, getting the politicians off the board, getting professionals on the board that hire a CEO who's got a track record and the competence and the abilities to run the organization. Uh, you know, I think back to when David Hahn was running the, the organization, even though I would sometimes get frustrated with David occasionally, mm-hmm. uh, he still ran it. And I'll tell you, when there was problems, he was always there. He was right on the front line. 
dealing with the issue, addressing it on the radio, showing real leadership by being a sort of a boots on the ground kind of individual. And, uh, you know, frankly, I haven't heard from the CEO. You rarely hear from the ministers. They get some communications person, you know, trying to respond to it. And there's just, uh, you know, there's, there's just not the leadership that this organization needs. I don't blame it on the staff, frankly. They're all doing a great job. They do the best they can. Uh, you know, given the, the the executive leadership they're getting. But I think that's fundamentally the issue. You get the right people in place that have strong backgrounds, executive backgrounds, know what they're doing without political interference, and you start to get an operation that's running more efficiently. Mm-hmm. Uh, COVID, it, it, in your mind, that is just an excuse now more and more? I mean, you hear it from the private sector too, don't get me wrong, in regards to the, here are the impacts, they may be impacting our staffing, and be impacting us operationally, we don't have enough employees, we have to hire more employees. Yeah, hear this in the private sector as well. How much of this is COVID in your mind in regards to ferries? Well, you know, the, the staffing challenges they face, I, I you know, frankly, whether that's, uh, you know, any hangover from people, you know, that... Uh, that just don't feel like going to work as much anymore or not, I, I don't know. I think that would be a lesser issue, and I think it's more about how they structure the staffing decisions. You know, a lot of people aren't prepared to just be on call and work part-time, uh, you know, so maybe they have to look at making sure that they've got more full-time employees, that they're being, uh, you know, appropriately uh, compensated for the work that they're doing, and that there's uh, incentives for them to not only stay, but to, you know, uh, uh, get others that are interested in, having an outstanding career in the ferry industry. Uh, you know, BC Ferries has historically been a good employer. They've, they've you know, hired a lot of good people. And uh, it just seems in the la- over the last five, six years that something has been happening there that is, is concerning because these problems don't happen overnight. They, they escalate after, you know, um, frankly, a series of poor decisions that accumulate. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just want to step away from ferries just for a moment uh, and just talk about infrastructure. And I view ferries as part of that broader transportation in infrastructure. I had George Harvey on yesterday, the mayor uh, of, of Delta, and he was on mostly talking about the Highway 17A overpass that it's been shut down. His community needs some answers in regards to when it will run, be open again because of that uh, uh, that semi that hit the overpass uh, last week. But we then veered off a little bit into the broader conversation of not just over, overpasses needing, needing to be replaced. Uh, Steveston being one on the Richmond side and then and the Highway 17A uh, on the Delta side because it was built in 1958 and those are built uh, at, at a 4.15 meter level and the newer ones were at five meters. Nevertheless, it was a broader conversation on on infrastructure. But he made this comment in regards to a crossing. Take a listen to what he had to say. Well, as far as South of the Fraser is concerned, I've had many conversations with Minister Fleming. We need, as you know, a desperately need a second exit out of Ladder with our growth and the projections and the province requiring us to build more housing. We need a second exit out. And uh, we also need to look at uh, another crossing because the capacity that will be absorbed with regards to the new uh, George Massey Tunnel replacement, it'll be vastly consumed based upon the growth that's happening south of the Fraser. We need another crossing. So uh, as you heard there uh, from Mayor Harvey, he's not talking about the Massey crossing at all. He's actually talking about another crossing after that. So whether it's ferries, 
Whether mm. it's the Massey Tunnel, and as George Harvey said, we need another crossing south of the Fraser. Why have we had such an infrastructure deficit in this province? I don't understand that. We built that South Fraser Primitive Road, which I think you were a part of, which once the growth of the port continues with the um, with what they plan to do, that's going to get busier and busier. My concern is, why do we have such a vast, vast infrastructure deficit in this city, considering it should be a non-partisan issue? Yeah, it should be. Well, I think some of it, frankly, just comes uh, back to just basic competence. With all due respect to my friends in the NDP government, I, I'm sure they have good intentions. But they don't come from a background that knows how to get infrastructure or big projects done. I oversaw $14 billion of infrastructure projects when I was Minister of Transportation. That included, like you say, the South Fraser Perimeter Road, the Portman Bridge, the Pitt River Bridge, four-laning 176th Street, number 10 Highway, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, what Mayor Harvey said is actually true. The problem is the NDP cancelled the the 10-lane bridge, as you know. It would have been open two summers ago. And what they're going to end up opening uh, eight years from now for billions of dollars more is going to have the same number of commuter lanes than we have today when you've got the counterflow, three lanes in each direction for commuter traffic. And the problem is that'll be jammed on the day it opens. Um, They're doing it again with the Patala Bridge. You know, there's a bridge that's 80 years old. It was built when the population of Surrey was, you know, 14,000 people. Today, it's 600,000 plus and growing. And the NDP are replacing that four-lane bridge with a four-lane bridge. I mean, this doesn't in any way take into account not only the growth that's happened over the last 80 years, but what's going to be happening over the next 100 years. Mm -hmm. And I find it very frustrating because I just think, frankly, it's basic competence. We've got to have people that not only know how to get things done, but know how to have a strategic plan in place to ensure that you're building projects like that, but you're also building, as I did, the Canada line, the Evergreen line, and making sure that we're thinking about rapid transit options too. Mm-hmm. Kevin, thank you so much for your time today. really appreciate it. No problem, Jeff. Thanks for having me on. Look forward to being on next time.